Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. Welcome back to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser, the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton. And we are still here, Alan, at CES. And we're going to be here forever, I think. But it, it's uh, there is so much happening here at CES. Um, and um, uh, we're trying to uh, learn a lot from it and, uh, and report it. Joining us now is, is Michael Soderberg, the Vice President of Strategy at Luxoft. Thank you for joining us, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. And the company is L-U-X-O-F-T. Correct. And for people who aren't familiar with the company, Give us the overview of what you're doing in this space. So we're a global service provider, um, and we provide digital and uh, technology services, um, over 23 offices in uh, all continents. Um, and we focus on financial, uh, digital enterprise, and automotive. So tell us what you're doing in this space of driverless, autonomous vehicles. So we're known for our user experience capabilities. So we work with a couple of companies like, uh, or for a couple of, of customers like uh, Daimler and um, also BMW. And uh, you might know that we actually created the entire MBUX system together with, uh, with Daimler. So what's now being launched in the new A-Class as the whole uh, digital cockpit experience, all the displays, all the interaction, that's actually co-designed between our company and, and Daimler. Um, we started way back in 2013 working on this with their R&D labs, and uh, that's been a, a fantastic journey. Wonderful. 2019 here, tell us what you are excited about when it comes to this technology and what you're doing. Well, to the point of what LG said in the keynote, where we also appeared yesterday, um, it's, not, it's moving towards not what you're doing in your uh, or, or how you got to a, to a, to a, from a certain point to another point it's how you spend your time in the car which is you know hopefully very soon very different uh, that and of course the actual uh, guidance of the vehicle which is the other domain of, of you know what's going on inside the, the, the vehicle and how the vehicle is actually guided so those within those two areas uh, we're seeing um, a lot of activity so w when we look at this uh, business, this field, uh, we see sort of really two different markets. Uh, we see one market which is, uh, which we like to call self-driving, which is uh, we're still going to own the vehicle, we're going to be in the vehicle, there's probably still, still a steering wheel in the vehicle. Uh, we might just put our feet up and maybe even doze for a little while while it drives, but we have to be there to take over and so on. That's, that's the one end. The other end is that uh, there's no steering wheel. That's driverless. Uh, it's um, not like riding a bus, I hope, uh, but, but it's, it's really it's a different thing. It's like, it's like riding shotgun, the right-hand seat or in England, the left-hand seat. We're not in England. We're you know, whatever. Um, uh, but it's. But then, then now the opportunity is, uh, you know, from A to B the whole time. Uh, what are you going to do? So, do you want to deal with each of those separately, or pick up one, or how how are you approaching the, the, these two different markets? So we kind of have to see it as as two parallel tracks. One where we have the 
classical car becoming semi-autonomous. Right. And that, then that's our self-driving, which is where we go. Yeah, go, okay, go ahead. Exactly. And then the fully autonomous car, at, you know, the level the five car, which is which yeah. is driving itself. Yeah. yeah. Is, well, the other one's driving itself some of the time, but but only the, the some of the time is the key piece. Go yes. ahead. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if you ask me personally, I would say that the first one is more challenging than the second. The handover cases between you say that because you've got to go from from the not to to two and then not blah, blah, and you don't know which way. And yes, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So some some things that we're putting a lot of effort into, uh, given that we're coming from the the you know user experience inside right, the cars, which is the key piece. I mean, hey, we're all customers in here. We're either one kind of customer or another kind of customer, right? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt all no, the time, no. but. And, and 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 to the point, it's 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 um, those handover cases where we're handing over uh, or relinquishing uh, control to the vehicle, or where the vehicle gives hand uh, gives over control to to the the driver. Uh, that's something that we're putting a lot of effort into designing into the overall experience. And then we're also looking at, at for to, to for for the car makers to innovate in this field and to be able to implement these systems that are radically different than the current ones. We're trying to create an open. Um, development platform, an open collaborative platform. Th that's, by the way, why we've teamed up with LG Electronics and trying to make a software platform or create a software platform that provides more open innovation capabilities than, than the current fragmented space in, in digital cockpit. So you, you said you were working with Daimler. We walked by the, the Daimler booth over there and they have a new vehicle in there that doesn't have a steering wheel. It's a big... Uh, it's a big bubble or something. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, the issue is is now, if 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 you really are not going to be asked to uh, somehow drive this thing, what are the what do you see as the opportunities that you have inside that vehicle to make it a better user experience? What do you see with that? Well, I see the car becoming a living space. So you spend your time kind of similar to as you will spend your time in your home office or your kitchen or you know your living room and it becomes like a, a, a living space a mobile living space and you can have whatever similar experience that you have in your living room in your car uh, so you don't have to drive the car anymore and you is can that where your partnership with LG comes into play uh, on their entertainment side yes it does so we're really good at interfacing with the vehicle so the drivetrain sensors um, and, and the electrical architecture, that's something we've done for a lot of customers. And then the other part we're really good at is designing the user interface uh, so it fits a, a digital cockpit. Now, what LG brings to the picture is, or, or, or to, to the combination is, is their WebOS operating system that they've deployed on a number of millions of, of smart TVs. So th that's kind of the, the, uh, the ecosystem that we're trying to bring into the vehicle where you have a number of displays, um, semi-interactive, uh, that are displaying loads of different types of, of information, or maybe the same information, just 360 around the, the entire uh, cockpit. You will see, I mean, I'm sure you've seen all the concepts of, of where you basically have anything that's a surface inside the, the vehicle is somehow potentially display or uh, an interactive surface. So uh, one of the things that struck me, and may, may have not struck you, I guess, uh, you know, with all the Alexa and Hey Googles and all this stuff, all of a sudden my voice, which is a terrible voice, becomes uh, much more of an, uh, of an element of all this as opposed, as opposed to me being touchy-feely. Um, uh, where do you see all this evolving inside the vehicle? What's your, what's your view or your sight on that? I think voice interaction, uh, car 
the, the use case of digital cockpit that's going to be one of the major use cases for voice interaction definitely it's it's just kind of it fits the use case so well you're sitting in a car it's uh, uh, you don't want to have all these knobs and buttons distributed you don't want to have that duplicated for all the passengers of the car if you were simply able to have your own audio zone around the seat that you're sitting in uh, and, and be able to speak with the IA directly and control some of the the controls or displays in the inside the vehicles and services with, with that that that's a really good way to do it. So since you're here and I can pick your brain, I want to pick your brain some more. I mean, at, at one point, maybe it was a few years ago, all of a sudden it was going to be gestures. Yeah. I'm sorry, not that one. Um, uh, where, where do you see this? Is, is, where's, where are gestures today? Are they gone or whatever? I mean, what, 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 I mean you're, in the, you're in the interface business. Uh, go ahead. No, no. Rather, we're seeing a kind of a, a rebirth of gestures where it's more of behavior, um, and gestures in combination. So we're seeing, you know, AI-powered vision algorithms looking at seat occupancy, um, behavior, uh, learning gestures, learning behaviors of the uh, of the passengers, so that the vehicle basically know what you're trying to do when you're waving your arms around or uh, leaning over one side or the other. The, the car learns what what you want to do, what what that want, what what reaction the car should have. So I think in my last newsletter there was something in the I think the come on man section about um, about some AI system that's going to determine my mood when I get into my vehicle, uh, which I said you know okay so now you know my mood what the hell are you going to do about it? <laughs> but what, what uh, uh, where are you on mood or something? I mean, uh, you know, as I said in there, um, if, if they could really do that well, then all the shrinks would lose their jobs, but whatever. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> it's actually something where, where there's been a good amount of research being put in. So uh, there's programs at Stanford, for example, where um, they're doing driver and passenger monitoring and determining the mood and determining the stress, stress level and gently guiding uh, the, the vehicle and the, 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 the driver um, by... Everything from limiting the speed to uh, to to adopting the the uh, UX feedback uh, to you know lowering the, the the level of the music in, inside the vehicle or whatever you know it's it's something where there's a lot of emotional control that you can provide through the UX also taking away information in a stress situation for example is a very basic concept of of course no, I, doing I, that I, I think I was being a little flippant when uh, yeah. my reaction <laughs> no I, I I could see where where that could really provide provide some support i know you know when my wife is driving with me she senses my mood and and her i sense her mood and i say oh i better get, you know start behaving behaving not that the any of these systems would ever misbehave when they're driving but uh, yes um, and, and for, well i mean made. for me basically also that there's some pretty basic basic use cases as for example if you're engaged in a driver maneuver today and you get a telephone call incoming call to the to the vehicle that's not managed very well by most uh, vehicles today. You, you don't have that management that says, "Well, maybe I can ask the the caller to to wait to get to to get connected for another ten seconds, so so that you don't need to hear the ring signal while you're making a ninety U-turn uh, or a U-turn on the on 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 a driveway." Uh, you know? You're absolutely right. Uh, you know, one of the things I did in a previous life is I uh, sort of pioneered turn-by-turn -turn navigation systems and. When we did co-pilot in 1997 and so on, and or you know, I guess in 2000 when we first started integrating it into phones, 
we would um, we would monitor the incoming phone calls, and if you were within whatever you know distance of a turn, uh, we would uh, basically interrupt the phone call and put and put out a message. Again, you know, very rudimentary. 20 years ago plus uh, we're doing that but you know that's an important comment that you, uh, but we still don't yeah. see that kind of really integrated into it's, systems it's today. not integrated no? i mean we we did it you know very <laughs> roughly but but at least we had it in there but but you find that some of these things still really aren't uh, out there in the in, in the general products yeah. Yeah. so people hear about this and you know when consumers hear about this they Boy, it sounds really gee whiz, and they think far off future. How far off? So, some hype, of course, has been there regarding level five vehicles. We've we've all heard about the the commitments from. We, we don't do levels. <laughs> We're just called driverless or self-driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know whether Alan is not level-headed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate the levels. I mean, I just think they're terrible. Yeah. We, we can't drive a car any, anywhere at any time. You know, when it snows too much or it's too, too, too foggy, stop. Okay, don't be an idiot. Okay, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, I think that fully driverless cars are a little bit further out than we had expected and, and what was discussed in the, uh, in, in, uh, in the yeah. industry. So maybe we add two to five years to what what's been discussed in the in the in the industry so far but i definitely think that it's going to happen i mean most of the and uh, you know that better than i do um most of the technology is already there and in yeah. place and working likely i would say it's more about infrastructure legislation um approval no i i, I put it it's more, more of a sociological problem i mean i think the issue is it has to be accepted by by the general public. Uh, you know, yeah. having, look, look what's yeah. going on with Waymo and yeah. Yeah. Arizona having, vehicles. Having a driverless yeah. car use my street in front of my house. I I have to buy into that. Yeah. Uh, if it if it does an Uber thing and just shows up, I'm gonna throw a rock. I'm not. My neighbor will throw, <laughs> or, or you know, my kids will run out, and jack it up, uh, put it on cinder blocks, and steal the wheels, as yeah. I say. So so th there's a real sociological aspect, and and, and in fact, if as we're trying to do in Central Jersey is bring this to uh, really uh, the people who need it the most, which are the mobility disadvantaged, which are mostly economically disadvantaged. And in those, and not that those communities, those communities don't want, you know, some somebody coming in from the outside invading their community. Yeah. So all that has to be brought together in an agreement. And, you, you know, you talk about yeah, human-machine yeah. interaction. It's not just inside the vehicle, it's outside the vehicle, which yeah. is important. But anyway. So are, are you seeing that that the, you know, basically autonomous vehicles announce themselves or identify themselves as uh, I, autonomous? I, I don't know. I don't know what, what the answer is. I've, you know, I've argued that NHTSA in the past, uh, you know, when I use my cruise control in my car, there's a light that should go on in my car that allows people, drivers around me to know that, that now the car is going to be operating in a, in a different driver mode. Uh, that's maintaining constant velocity. How different is that one? As opposed to, you know, a constant uh, depression of the, of the gas pedal, which means I speed up going downhill and slow up going, down, going uphill, which is what another group of drivers do. Uh, oh, they, they've said in the past, oh no, we can't put lights on your... I think it needs to be identified. Yeah. If I follow a bus, it has a sign on the back that says, I stop at railroad crossings. What? To inform everybody that yeah. this is going to be a behavior that's different. 
I, again, it, <laughs> I think the information needs to be out there. I, I totally you agree. Tell me, I mean, yeah, I totally know. agree. I mean, uh, we look at the concepts that are being developed right now. There's lots about the communication with, from vehicle to the, the outer world, so to speak. And right, and, and, and I don't know necessarily it should be on gizmos because not everybody has a gizmo, and, and I think there are ways to do it. I know that when Daimler introduced their vehicle here a few years ago, it sort of even even flashed out there. You can walk or, you know, it, it sort of, you know, it announced that whether it's going to be done that way or another way. Maybe you were responsible for that. I don't know, but, but I think there, there, there's, some, there's some human ways to do yeah. that interaction, and I think we should focus on them as opposed to... You know, how do I now make everybody just go walk around their whole lives like this? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know, but I'm an old guy, so what can I tell you? I need to grab something there. You're talking about the, the Daimler uh, luxury motion concept. Yeah. We did the uh, oh, the, yeah. the, the UX yeah. for, for that no, one, but it's like no, I think that's that's good. Yeah, go ahead. I think that what you know you're referring to what was projected outside the car there. Uh, so basically, use the grill for uh, for messaging, uh, and, and and we could also project um, uh, a walkover uh, sure. on, on the street oh, just to say that I'm stopped, and you know yeah, it, it's it. you can walk here. It's it's really yeah, safe I mean, for you to do that. We do that, or we we blink our, our headlights when yeah. we do that. Uh, sure. You know, what what the common language is going to be? I don't know. Uh, typically, typically, it's been eye contact yeah. with pedestrians, yeah, well, etc., or other drivers. You could have you know five different ways to do it do it one way in the u.s one way in germany one way in who knows what but you know i mean those are you know where you are you know what the local customs are you, you all of this is is straightforward i think yeah and, and the, the what you're saying there i think it's very important also the social uh, sociological aspect of things that you need to adopt this behavior towards regions right. there is a culture of how traffic there are different works. cultures, yeah. there, and there should be. I mean, vive la différence. I mean, we're we, you know, we are different, and yeah. and and we sh we should respect that difference. We yeah. shouldn't try to make everybody into a whatever a cookie cutter, whichever cookie cutter that happens to be. I don't know, but that's. And then we have the other aspect, also, you know, the confidence inside the car of the the driver. I'm I'm still hearing a lot of feedback that you don't dare. To, to release the wheel, if, even even if you you're kind of sure that that it should be working, you don't want to release the uh, the, the steering wheel. Yeah. You, no, you're I, not I, really I, ready I, to do that, and you I, you, I, you clinch when there's a situation where a, a, a car is closing up quickly to towards you or whatever you know. Uh, I, I, I always use the elevator analogy. I, I I think you know when we use elevators, we get in and we just use it. There's a, who knows how many cameras up there. You know, watching everybody. I still kiss my wife in, a, in an elevator, even though you know, I don't know how many people are watching or whatever. Um, uh, but uh, I, I don't know. It's 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 it's. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, certainly, the, there's the communications needs to be there to be able to summon help. You have to you have to have the the assurance that that's there. You you can't be anxious about that. Anxiety relief is the key thing, isn't yeah. it? I mean, that's your business. Anxiety relief, right? Exactly. And, and we've done some 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 studies um, also in that if you if you look at the same type of uh, of behavior outside the car as inside the car sociologically, you know, if you're a passenger in a car, you rely on the driver. Right. If, if you're comfortable with the driver, you, you can relax. Right. And in this case, you need to you need to make all passengers because everybody is a passenger in, in an autonomous car. So you need them, uh, you know, comfortable. And how do you do that? Well, you, you create a relationship with the the passengers. You you recognize them somehow, 
and you comfort them that you've got things covered. You know, the the the, the driver, the driverless car. All the AI that the darn thing should know about me when I get in there that it gets from Facebook should be able to use it to make me feel comfortable, okay? Yeah. I mean, if, if that stuff really works, okay? What, what do you say to people, though, who, who might have concerns about how this data is used? If you're knowing all that about me, you're knowing my mood and everything else there might be to know and, and, and helping me be more comfortable... Is that data then valuable in, in other ways, or what should I, what should I expect in I'll terms of privacy? Forget <laughs> him. Hey, if it's making me comfortable, and it's making me a happy camper, I should be a happy camper. I mean, I, how to do that so that I really am a happy camper? How do you do that? <laughs> That's the thing, right? You know, and again, you have to you have to protect trust. You have to create trust. If I'm saying that, you know. You can trust us with us utilizing and, and storing and transmitting your data in a secure way. Well, you have to establish trust there. Yeah. And there will be mechanism for that also, whether that is something that's magically blockchain-based uh, or, or that there is an international uh, standard to handle types of data in, the, in this context. Well, I, I, I say the same thing with respect to safety. There's a lot of issue with respect to safety. Look, if, 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 there, if these things are even perceived to be a little bit unsafe, we're not going anywhere. I mean, it's not going to happen. Uh, that's why the, the uh, Uber crash with Elaine Herzberg was so tragic because, you know, for the, their irresponsibility, it just hurts everybody. And, in fact, I've been trying to get the industry to work together on safety as opposed to competing on safety because it's a necessary condition for everybody. The, the trust is a necessary condition for everybody. Nobody's in this business if there's no trust. Okay, yeah. I mean, It needs to be democratized. It needs to be open for everyone. Right. I, I totally agree with you. That, that's a field where collaboration needs to happen. That, that's the only way forward. Right. But and it's it, also the biggest challenge, I think. It is the biggest yeah. challenge because everybody's out there with their IP and thinking that this is not, you know. But 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 there should be different ways that we can compete. Uh, yeah. the, the 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 trust, the safety piece. That's that's where we should all be cooperating. Yeah. yeah. That, that, and and why not? That will enable so much for us anyway. It will enable the entire mobility revolution. It's right, it's that, right. that that's yeah, of that's course, of course. counter uh, kind of uh, foundations on, on making that happen. Right. Yeah. For more information on, on everything that Luxoft is doing, where should where should our listeners go to? To our website. That's a good place to go. It's uh, luxoft.com. And, uh, again, you'll find out what we're, we're doing there. You might have heard that we were just recently acquired by DXC Corporation also. Uh, it was actually announced during uh, CS here. So, so what does that mean for you? Well, uh, it means that we are now able to yeah, actually uh, scale even more, and the combination between DXC and, and the looks of this uh, one that, that's actually overlapping to a very small extent, especially in the automotive area where uh, this is a, a, a big step for DXC, I would say. So uh, they are more in IT services, we are more in solutions, and I think that that's and, and very strongly entrenched in the automotive vertical, so it's a, it's a very good fit for us. Well, congratulations on that, and... Um yeah, there's, there's work to be done. Thank you so much. Michael Soderberg, thanks for being here with us. Thank you so much, guys. That's it for this special edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast. Stay tuned for more from CES. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening. <laughs>